Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. This was my Desert Island Discs, like, yeah. you know, for years. Like, I have my Desert Island Discs there ready, and I had my five. You had to be <laughs> theirs ready as well. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. Now, you're very welcome back. So, as I'm sure you've seen over the last couple of days, Ireland has uh, five and hopefully more uh, boxers at the Paris Olympics next year. Kelly Harrington, Dean Clancy, Jack Marley, Aoife O'Rourke and our guest in studio, Michaela Walsh, will be in Paris. You're very welcome. Thanks very much for having me on. Great to have you in. Congratulations. It's a Thank big you. achievement. Yeah. Uh, two-time Olympian has a nicer ring to it than one, doesn't it? Oh, it's amazing. Um, it's still surreal to be sitting here knowing that I'm, I'm going to Paris next year. Um, it's just an amazing achievement and something I'm very proud of. Yeah, I'll bet, as you should be. There's a fancy medal there. Our listeners won't see it, but anybody watching will see it. So uh, in the featherweight division, European Games, you reach the semifinals and that's your route to Paris. Were you feeling pretty confident that one way or another Paris was pretty likely for you to attain or was it like a, God it's going to be tough this time around what was your general mindset with it on the horizon uh, I knew it was going to be tough um, especially the European route I think the top five six uh, women at my weight in the world were, were all in Europe okay. so I knew that it was going to be a big a big big tough task but I knew as well I have the ability to be up there with them um, I've beat most of them before I've been in the ring with most of them before so I did know it was doable, but there was obviously going out there to do it, and I'm just lucky to be sitting here, like you said, as a two-time Olympian. And yeah. um, it was it was tough, but I'm tougher, as I say. <laughs> um, but no, I knew it was doable. But just to be actually to go out there and do it um, was amazing, and yeah. to do it with the rest of my teammates as well. There was obviously five of us that went out there to do it, and fingers crossed next year. I, I know there will be more. Um, the talent in the group is phenomenal. Um, there's a lot of younger ones on the team coming through, and and they're all they're all amazing. And there's no doubt about it. I think that there'll be a bigger, bigger lot of us going out to Paris. Okay, so the European route is tough, and you know, if I've come through European route, then there's nothing maybe around the world which should be too scary by comparison. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Uh, the world route is, is just as tough as well. But sure. I just knew, obviously, the first the first time the to, to go out and do it is, is a big ass. But I knew. I knew it was doable and I, I really did believe it was doable and I was trying not to put too much pressure on myself. Uh, I know it's easier said than done yeah. going out there but um, I did know it was doable and I just went out there and, and done the best that I could and fortunately for me the best that I could do was to qualify so I'm very lucky and grateful that I was able to achieve that. Does that make the rest of this year and into next year just a much easier, better place and allows you almost to prepare better for Paris as opposed to others who might now have to peak for a qualifying event along the way. Is, that, is it a big advantage to get it done early? Oh, 100%. Uh, such a big advantage. It's, I actually find it really exciting because now I have a whole year to get better, to get better than what I am now. And I feel like now is probably the best I've ever been boxing uh, throughout my whole career. And I think that's really exciting to know that I can actually get better than what I am now and I can work on what they need to approve on because coming coming up to these qualifiers obviously just working on what I'm good at to, to get me over the line to qualify and I think now being the, being qualified early it gives me gives over a year now to get better which is which is amazing like I said um, can relax me a bit more because I, I know that I'm that I'm on the plane to Paris and I was actually just saying that earlier on that when we qualified for Tokyo we literally two weeks later we were on the plane to the training camp 
after we qualified. Like so, you were that late. It was it was that late COVID. because because of COVID. So, in a way, you didn't get to enjoy being qualified. And but at the time, you didn't care. You were going to you were doing anything. I well, I would personally would have done anything to get the Olympic Games, and mm. that's what had to be done. And that's that's the way it was was done. So. Yeah. To have it early now, it just sort of, yeah. whew, I, I can breathe now, yes, I can, I can sure. relax for a little bit. Map out your training and, 100%. and think about how to address certain things. So when you say that you're boxing better than ever, what's better than ever? Why do, why do you feel that? I feel like I'm outside of boxing. I'm, I'm very happy and content with life at the moment. Um, like I said, there's there's bigger things than, than boxing. Boxing's, boxing's only a sport at the end of the day. And I think getting, getting life right outside of boxing um, translates into the ring and just mm. makes you makes you perform better, makes you just ha- happier in general. And I think getting the right outside of the ring definitely makes it better inside the ring. Yeah, because you know, that, that's always such an interesting case to what extent life outside affects what you do inside. 100%. And even, I don't know, um, I'm trying to think of examples. Mike Tyson didn't seem like an especially happy person out of the ring. Mm-hmm. And maybe that almost fueled him in the ring in a not very healthy I'm sure but yeah. like a perverse kind of way it's interesting you're more of a the happier I am outside mm-hmm. better I'll perform inside what are the big blocks of your life that you feel now are in a good place that allow you to perform to your best I think I, re- I sort of realised that my, my little niece is only two two years of age she was actually born um, the day we went to leave for Tokyo and just coming back and just being an auntie to her just sort of yeah. like when when or lose I come back and I'm still I'm still her auntie and she still wants to play with me and she sees me the same as I am obviously she doesn't know any difference she's only two years of age but yeah. it just shows you there's there's more to life than, than boxing I'm not going to be a boxer for the rest of my life and um, it's just a small part of my life and so just making the most of what I have and I really am enjoying enjoying boxing at the moment yes. I'm, I'm, I'm still lucky I love I love to do because a lot of people get to the stage that they can't stick it anymore because it takes up so much of your life um, but I'm just lucky I love it I love I love sport in general and I just feel extremely grateful to be in the position that I am so mm. I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep keep going until until I don't love it anymore but yeah. for now uh, in this moment uh, I, I really do love it yeah which is great because I, I would I, as you said the demands are so great I would presume very easy to become burnt out the training yeah it's never ending I'm sure never the, ending the diet yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's, it is, I'm not going to lie to you, it, it's a tough life, like, even though um, we were in Italy there for a training camp, and one of the days the food was, was terrible, and I'm laying in bed starving, and you're seeing people putting posts up on Instagram, eating the pizza, or friends out playing bowling, or at the cinema, and you go, am I mad, like, I'm sitting in the hotel in Italy here, nothing to eat, I'm sparring tomorrow, someone's going to someone that's going to try and take my head off do you know what I mean um, and you go is this like what am I doing but in so, the long so run it, it's worth, worth it, it Like, so what is it that you love about the lifestyle or the sport it just just then it's so individual it's whatever you put in that's what you're going to get put out um, I'm a very I feel like I'm a very committed and dedicated uh, person as well as an athlete and just just the persistence that I have I'm, I'm always going to keep going until I get what I want and Listen, if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, mm. it doesn't. Uh, like I said, it's only sport. It's not the be all and end all. But I will I will try my best to get to where I want to get. And um, I think so that sort of makes me the kind of athlete that I am. I'm, I'm, a lot of people will tell you as well, I'm one of the hardest trainers. I just, I love pushing myself as hard as I can. And, okay. and But that can go against me as well. 
uh, sometimes because I need to be told like you need to relax you need to take a break so even I've had a week off already and I'm dying to get back to the gym but I know I know I'm still I'm still on the break so I'm, I'm just I'm trying to relax and people okay. trying to remind me that to relax and take it easy so I have to I'm fighting with a battler myself because I just love to love to be into the gym and I just want to get back and, and start to improve but at the same time I know mm. that I need to just take a, take a step back and just relax for a bit well you're lucky most of us are the opposite <laughs> like oh my god I have to go to the gym yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good way to be uh, do you have like a job outside of boxing are you very much full time carded athlete or, or what's your week to week day to day no I'm a full time carded athlete and right. I'm, I'm lucky we have Sport Irelander that, that fund us um, the card that the, the, I'm a carded athlete I'm lucky that they fund me and yeah. and as well as many other athletes um, to be able to to do this full time because uh, I know some people that aren't on funding mm. and that are at the find it very tough. So, what would you be doing if you weren't boxing full time? Boxing, <laughs> really? And, yeah, boxing. I just I love I love boxing. I think um, even getting into the coaching side of thing. Okay. Uh, I just I love sport in general. Like even even growing up, like before I even boxed, my dad had me. I was doing judo, swimming, soccer, Gaelic. Right. Tennis, basketball. I mean, my dad had us. We were never in the house. You were hyperactive. Like, I'm sensing. Yeah, yeah. Everything <laughs> he had us on the track. Everything he just had us. He threw us into every sport possible. And right. I just love sport in general. So and then he was sports mad himself, obviously, and said. Just love to keep go. us to keep us all active. And yeah. even when we went and played music, I played the guitar. Like he just had us in every single thing. But it was just something about boxing. Right. I remember walking in into the boxing gym and. Just I was just intrigued. And what age were you clicked. then? What age were you then, Michaela? I was thirteen when I started. Right. I followed um Eden down to the boxing club. Of course. But we yeah. would I was obviously like a tomboy when I was younger, so I was yeah. always out with the boys kicking kicking the ball out in the street and and all the other sports doing everything. So my dad actually Aiden was getting to that age, he was sort of bullies and that were around, so he wanted Aiden to be able to learn himself. how to look yeah. after himself and my dad used to box himself. He brought Aiden down to the gym. And um, I asked her to go, and he said no. But not because he wasn't against it. It's just as alien. He didn't know women or girls were allowed into the boxing gym. And I just asked about two, three weeks every night. Asked him could I go down? Could I go down? Could I go down? And he asked the head coach at the time, Sean Canavan. He says bring her down. Right. And I I can remember it right now. It's playing in my head, just walking in. I remember the smell hit me of the old gym and yeah. the noise of the bags and. Yeah. Every the just 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 like punching in the bag. You just remember when I walked in, and uh, that was me hooked. Wow, so it was sounds like was a, me sounds like a scene in a movie. Yeah, that's what it's sort of like. Sort of like the million dollar baby. She walks into the gym, and uh, that's that's what I remember it as. And I just remember the first night, just just loved it, and nice. that was me down every Monday to Friday every night. And I actually remember we were about we live about I say twenty twenty five minute walk. And I would have ran down, trained, and then ran back home every night. Just loved it. Just was obsessed with the training and mm. just everything about it. Just And I remember actually to this day, one of the coaches says, that girl trains harder than all the boys. And that just stuck with me. So anytime I'm training, I, I always remember him saying that. So I always like was like, I have to I have to work hard like to, to prove that I've earned to be here because mm. I'm the only girl. And were you the only girl at that time? I was the only girl, yeah, that time, yeah. And were the lads receptive or were they saying, hey, what are you doing here, get out? 
No, she was lucky because Aiden was there, so it was always like, that's my sister, so if anyone said anything, <laughs> okay, good. he could hit them a dig or two for me, so he could. <laughs> is Aiden is older or younger? He's younger than me. He's okay. four years younger. Four years younger? Four years, yeah. Okay, so yeah. he would have been nine. He would have been 13. nine, yeah. But he was still looking out for you? Still looking out for me, yeah. Okay. Trying to. <laughs> <laughs> and so would you spar the other boys? We're the spar boys growing up, yeah. So it was in, that was in St. Agnes's, I was there for a year, and the sorter would never let me spar or do pads or not for me I called the buzz only girl yeah. but my dad worked with this guy Alistair McFadgen in Translink at the time and he says oh I have a young lad for the spar Ram Burnett that's who it was Ram Burnett came down battered ahead of me but <laughs> I loved it so I just I loved it Right. and then that was us we were into the holy family then after okay. that and okay. it was like Ram Burnett they had Paddy Barnes there I used to get a few beatings of them every every week, but I just I remember actually being in Moran, and I could never hit him. And I remember one week I hit him once. Yeah. I went, jeez, I hit Ram Burnett. Progress. Once. Yeah. Next week I hit him three times. Okay. I just remember getting better and better and better, and like they brought me on leaps and leaps and bounds, and it just. Well, it's such a great amazing. boxing city and such a great boxing country that there's that, that we, and we were just chatting briefly before um, we came on air and, and we were saying about even the Irish environment akin to fighting Ryan Burnett or Paddy Barnes you sort of now know God if I'm cutting the mustard here at Irish camp then globally I'm probably doing okay 100% so there's there's a sky high standard from minute one when you started boxing if you're fighting those guys yeah 100% like the level I think the level's so high like even in clubs I know from Belfast going around like Belfast it gets barred and the level is so high and like like you said if you're at the level but people are you know if you go in the world scene yeah you're you're going to do all right like even for, especially for the women like you think even the men like cuban boxing's obviously known the best boxers in the world and if you're number five in cuba you're going to do all right so it's the same as the women i think if you're up there by the women and you go internationally you know you're going to do all right because the women's team is yeah is such a high standard right now so if we were still living in the dark ages and women's boxing wasn't at the Olympics and Katie Taylor wasn't showing how it can be done professionally mm-hmm. and, and, and your life was still very much Belfast, you'd still be down the gym, still boxing, just still attracted to the art, the science of it. Yeah, just I just I love it. Yeah. I'm are, you, still are, you, are you like, is there an aggression that you're trying to get out or is it more the skill that you really like, the mechanics almost? I think just the skill, like just... Okay getting hit and not getting hit sort of the beauty behind it the art behind it yeah. people think like I used to think even looking say at a soccer match it's just scoring a goal just trying to put the ball in the net but it's not there's tactics behind it and yeah. there's ways about it every sport's like it even runners like you think you just have to run over the line like there's not there's tactics mm. behind it all and it's the same with boxing um, the tactics and everything everything about it like you just you think you just go in and, yes. and hit someone more than they hit you but like there's so much more back behind the scenes and so I'm sort of imagining you as then obsessed teenager and into your 20s and even when you're walking down the road or when you're lying in bed you're mentally in fights and thinking tactics and visualising and just obsessed <laughs> with that science yeah yeah always like always just ways to improve and even when I'm away like camps like just looking at certain people and saying right I like what he or she does and I'm gonna try that maybe bring mm. that into my game. Mm. Like you can always you can always learn and can you can always yeah. improve. Always. It's, it's hard to know if there's just a limited number of things like something no. you can be told. So you you can pick up stuff. Always. Even now. Uh, even say like that like to Kelly Harden, she's a high level Olympic champion, mm. and she's always improving. Okay. 
So she's, I'd be uh, even inspiring her. Like she's doing something new that she didn't do last year. Really, even now. Constantly, always improving, and like, like what I said, even going to what got me to Tokyo. I knew that wasn't going to get me to Paris. I had to be a better version of what I was, and what got me to Paris. That's not going to get me on the podium okay. in Paris. So, I need to get better. And so. I mean, be as technical as you want, because like lots of people listening to the show love their boxing. Mm-hmm. What type of fighter are you? What was good two, three years ago that may not get you onto the podium in Paris, for instance, without giving your opponents no, any secrets? No, no. Well, I would be considered a, a counterpuncher. Okay. Um, always making people miss. Um, Do you think that that's because ma- when you were growing up as the girl, like the boys might have been stronger, more aggressive, so you developed that style of... Doosh, doosh, doosh. Sort of from Holy Family, we're always known as the movers. Right. So it was always like feet, like your feet work. So even if you see Aiden as well, like that's his DNA. He's one of the. I'm not just saying it because my brother, but what like if you look at anyone in the world of scene, like his movement, he would be classed as one of the best. Okay. So he would just. So, and so that's boxing just, clubs have certain cultures and traditions. Yeah, because I remember like so we were holy family back then, and there was it was a club Immaculata. They'd be no, known as like the come forward fighters, the pressure fighters. So. Okay. And we're holy family removers, so you knew like going to that club for sparring, you knew what you were going to get. Then okay, I see. People always knew the holy family ones were were the movers, and they were hard to hit, hard to catch, and that sort of just develops your style. Like as you grow up, and then then when you go into high performance, it's a whole new like you're basically a diamond, and they're just polishing the diamond, and adding you can add to your game, but mm. obviously you've got your own style, but then you need to be able to like adapt. So yes. maybe in the counter punch, I've I've tried to adapt more of aggressive style as well, so it's been able to switch from counter the attack quicker, and or I might need to go out in the first round and attack straight away, and then when I attack, I've caught them, so I can go on the counter, and it's just being able to adapt and, yes. and do different things. Um, not being predictable. Not being predictable, mm-hmm. and different opponents, different tactics is going to work for a different opponents. So, so, so for for Tokyo and in advance of Tokyo, were you still more your? Of your roots, a counterpuncher, and you're you're now less of a counterpuncher. You can do both. I can do. I'm just yeah. I'm trying to just add more like the style, like going forward and having to mix it a wee bit more. And yeah. where before I didn't really need to do that, and I feel even I am. I've, I turned thirty there last month, but I still feel like now this is probably the strongest I've ever been. Right. So there's just like even focusing more on sort of like the S and C side of things, developing more into my weight category because I would make weight pretty easily okay. um, so it's putting on a bit more muscles awesome. getting a bit stronger and, and right now it's probably the strongest I've, I've, I've ever been throughout my career as well okay. so it's I just add and add and add yes. get, so get, get to a place where potentially in Paris next year you might sit down with your coaches and they might say your next opponent would hate if you took the fight to her yes and you're like, Fine. Yeah. got that in the locker got that in the locker being able to being able to actually go out there and implement it it's alright doing it in the gym but then translating that in the, into the ring top level so yeah, great and so in, in uh, you're down in Dublin quite a lot of the time mm-hmm. then they're not just like oh, we'll see you we'll see you up in <laughs> Belfast wander down when you want you're in the National per- Performance Centre yes, a lot we're uh, based here Tuesday to, fr- Tuesday to Friday every week so we are yeah how many are in there now? I'd say there's probably 30 or more boxers great. depends at different different times like different ones come in but yeah. I'd say about 20 or 30 or more even good environment brilliant environment um, the level there is phenomenal um, everyone so supportive everyone pushes each other on and as a team as a team and yeah. the coaches the coaching staff like we have the best coaches I think in the world like do you work much with Zor? yeah he's, so, the, he's the head coach uh, yeah I hear Zor is like genius unbelievable right explain it to us it's just he, he's 
he's like an encyclopedia of, of boxing. Like he knows, he knows everything in and out. Like if you showed him one side of opponent, this is you need X Y says D and C. This is how you beat. Okay. Like he just you ask him anything about boxing and he's the answer. He has answered everything. He, he's he's unbelievable. Okay. He's a genius. Like when it comes to, from boxing terms, like he's just he's unbelievable. Like he's just knows everything. And so like I mean he, he's he's resisted the the limelight. How's his English? Amazing. Is it? Amazing. All Amazing. Right. I feel when the cameras are there, he's like, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> he <laughs> just doesn't want to get interviewed. Yeah. Uh, all right, interesting. So he can, he, and, and he'd be good at communicating to you, listen, Michaela, you're doing X and Y. What I want you to do is this and show it to you and, and get it across very well. Oh, he, he, he's phenomenal. Like, he, right. he just, the stuff that you learn from him and he's even still learning. He would even say, if you said to him, he says, I'm still learning. Yeah. It's just, you'd be doing a session and just bump something in his head, right, we're going to do this. And you just go, how do you even know? Really? Like, how do you even know to do that? Like, he's just, he, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal coach. And I've been working with him for so long now. And it's just, it's great to have such a good relationship with him as well. And yeah. I, I, like, getting into the ring, I put my full trust in him. And is he in your corner for fights? He's in the corner, yeah. Okay. He's, he's the top guy in the corner, so he is, yeah. So I presume then between rounds you're getting, I mean, whether you win the fight or not, it must be lovely to know I'm pretty much getting the best advice money can buy here. 100%, so. yeah. Yeah. And like, would he have ever turned a fight for you where he said, you know what, between the round, that was happening first round, try and do this instead and then it works in the second, would that happen? No, even there, like going back there to the European Games, I think was it, I think it was around the 16, I was in against uh, Turkey and it was two rounds up and the knew it was two rounds up and he's like, right, I want you to go out there and mix it with her a bit more so it was standing toe to toe and he was just doing that because he knew, like, just to maybe develop that a bit more. And I could have, I could have just played it safe. It was two rounds up, but he wanted more out of me. And then mm. I like going out there to do it. And then he was happy with me because I actually was listening to what he was saying and yeah, yeah, went yeah. out there and done it. So amazing. He's, he's, he's brilliant. Olympian at Tokyo and soon to be Olympian in Paris. Is the experience of going to the Olympics what you hoped it would be? Or is it a bit of an anticlimax and you're kind of in your own bubble and then you go home and it's just like another tournament? Obviously not quite just like another <laughs> tournament, but you know, people could go to the games and think, this is going to be the most amazing thing. Yeah. And then they're home and two weeks later going, geez, I spent four years working towards that. <laughs> Wasn't that amazing? No. What was your experience? No, I thought it was amazing. Um, just all the different athletes and different shapes and sizes. And you're seeing some celebrities, as people would say, like... Um, Oh, I thought it was amazing. Obviously, it was a bit different because of COVID. Like, mm. like you were getting COVID tests every single morning and okay. just bits like that. But no, it was everything that sort of that I thought it that would we, that I yeah. hoped it would be. And I don't know, something magical about it. It's just it still had that magic. It still had that magic. Yeah, yeah that I felt anyway. I felt it still had that magic and yeah. just like seeing even I know Aiden and Kelly were the only ones in Melbourne, but even watching them and uh, like obviously it wasn't the result that I wanted I wanted to go out there medal and it wasn't the be for me but yeah. to see them two go, go out and do that was just magical watching it I even feel like goosebumps now even yes. thinking about it but just seeing them do it it shows you that it can be done like you're training with them and day in day out and living with each other and all so it just yeah. it shows you that, that it can be done and Paris can be amazing I mean I, I presume like uh the Walsh family, friends, extended family are all uh, booking their tickets over to Paris. Like you live in amazing support, I would think, for Paris by comparison with Tokyo. Oh, definitely. Like that's the thing. Like t- unfortunately for Tokyo, where f- family and friends weren't weren't allowed over. I would love to have them there, but it wasn't. They weren't allowed, obviously, because of COVID. So, I think Paris could be could be make it even more special. And it's funny, I'd forgotten that about Tokyo. 
like I can see some of the images <laughs> I remember Harrington waning and, yeah, and different yeah. things but you forget it's in an empty room it's in an empty room okay. it was almost better like when you were fighting because you could hear <laughs> we were in like you could hear <laughs> yeah. everything Sarber shouting we were in there was a what do you call that the wrestling sumo wrestling right. stadium so it was, the ring was low and it was like went really tall and like in a circle so when you shouted like it echoed throughout the whole yes. arena yes so people, I think, when the was fighting, thought I was crazy because all you could hear was you shouting. Was me screaming? I don't even know what I was screaming, but you could hear me screaming and it just echoed mm. throughout the arena. So people probably thought there was hundreds of people. It was just me screaming. <laughs> Maybe that's why I thought there were yeah. more people there. Uh, is there anything you learned from Tokyo in terms of how to handle the occasion or the nature of the tournament that you're like, yeah, comparison? I'm gonna, I'm gonna know that, or is it pretty similar to other tournaments? So it wasn't a great departure in that um, sense. I think just like. Take, like living in the moment more instead of looking down just taking day by day you're sort of just you can't wait the trains over to you there so just only from last year started I got a leaf out of Aiden's book so he's just trying to enjoy the moment more mm. and I think that go, when I was younger about younger going to camps I had to have my tea at 7 read my book by 8 bed by 10 like I just had to do everything I was nearly too obsessed like just right. doing everything by the book I almost felt guilty if I was enjoying it where now I'm trying to enjoy it a wee bit more like if I want to go and have tea with the girls or I want to do like small stuff like it's not gonna that's not gonna hinder my performance no. like you can do the right things and still enjoy it like it's I used to think nearly it was, was guilty if I was enjoying it but yes. I'm sort of trying to enjoy it more because this, this moment's not gonna last forever so no. I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to enjoy enjoy the journey more than anything because when you look back I think like regardless what medals you won you're not going to remember that you're going to remember the journey more than anything yeah for sure it is an extraordinary thing to have a brother and sister at the games I mean um, <laughs> kind of nuts Why, what, what is it in the Walsh jeans I wonder I'm sure you, I'm sure um, like the family are saying bloody hell didn't <laughs> like, <laughs> unbelievable oh uh, no no it's brilliant um, just Aidan just is phenomenal the, yeah. the Harvey just he's a he's a definition of a high performer Okay. he's, he's just amazing and just to have someone like that as, as my brother as my best friend. Um, Are you best friends? Best friends. Do everything together. Really? So we do, do. Yeah. Well, he's away on the cruise with his girlfriend. He should have brought me, so he should have. But um, She would have been the third wheel, would she? She would have been the third wheel. But no, it's it's, it's brilliant to, to have each other and, and I wouldn't have got to Tokyo without him. Why not? vice versa. Just to have him there like, with me on the journey. Just when I was a bit low and yeah. when I needed him, he was, he was the one there and he kept me going and he kept me on the right path and it almost meant more it was obviously I wanted to get the Olympics but it was nearly if he hadn't went I wouldn't have wanted to go really that's how much it meant like I would I would if someone said to me I had to swap my ticket for the Olympic Games for your brother to go I'd swap like that there you go I wouldn't even have to think twice about it that's how much like we always we always that close as kids always always best friends growing up yeah always yeah wow. done everything together so we did so that's lovely to be able to to go to the Olympics and then to obviously see him win the win Olympic medal, I would even if someone says to me, I know people say you're crazy, but if someone had if I had the opportunity to say you win Olympic medal or him, I would pick him every time, hundred percent. Liar. Swear to God, swear to God, <laughs> I would. It means more for me to see him do it. Would he pick you? He would. He would as well. Yeah. God, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Imagine you both win one. I know that's even more special we <laughs> don't have to pick yes. between each other then <laughs> oh, that's fantastic and uh, are, are both your parents still around or are they yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. they're so still around yeah. so they'll be there my dad's still my coach as well so he is so right okay I he coaches from the start as well yeah wow so it's still with us 
one of the one of the great sporting families here. Yeah. Quietly doing their thing. Um, did you think about going professional at all as you watch Katie Taylor do her thing over the last? One hundred percent. I actually wanted maybe after Tokyo. I was thinking of of making the switch over, but it was just a force in my head saying. Give it another go. I know, and it wasn't a four-year cycle this time as well. That's right, yeah. Threes and touching distance. That's right, yeah. So it was, um, no, like if I don't listen, if I don't get a medal, I don't get a medal. I'm not putting pressure on myself, but sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my best um, to be standing on the podium and to be standing on the top of the podium. But like it's not, like I said, it's not going to be the be all and end all of no. me. Um, so we'll see after Paris will it will it turn over or not. But I think Katie's created the pathway. Um, like in a way that I can't like, I, I mean you knew she'd do something special but I remember her first couple of fights and to see where she's come unbelievable isn't it just unbelievable yeah. she's just she's a phenomenal athlete phenomenal human being and just she doesn't even know what she's done for um, mm. women's sport in general mm. it, it, it's it's amazing and I think couldn't happen to a nicer person mm. I think that's like you can be a great athlete but I think if you're if you're a good person I think that says more about about you than anything really yeah and I know like the great cliche is thrown around that um, this will inspire future generations are the boxing clubs of Belfast are the ones that you uh, tend to see now are there more girls boxing underage level yeah there's so many girls now on on the rise up like I think like even I started when I was 13 I'd say 13 year olds now are leveled above where I was when I started leveled above and I think that's amazing to see so Mm -hmm. it is and I think even give it another 10 years, it's going to be even higher. Like we're one of the best uh, countries in the world at the minute, the women's team, definitely. Yeah. And I think another 10 years can even be better. It's, it's phenomenal, the talent throughout Ireland, even the, the youth and juniors and the schoolgirls. It's it's actually quite scary. Yeah. I'm actually lucky I'm not that age now because <laughs> the competition. Th- they'd be thumping ahead of me. So, um, no, it's, it's amazing to see. Amazing, amazing. Well, listen, uh, the best of luck. I mean, it is just the most extraordinary achievement. I know Aiden is still pushing to make the games as mm-hmm. well. He's in a very competitive weight division. Yeah. It's not easy to get out of Ireland, let alone into know, yeah. European level. So hopefully he's there with you and uh, we might catch up with you in advance of Paris and have a chat again. But um, yeah, you've got your ticket booked. So Michaela Walsh, very best of luck and thanks so much for coming Thank in. Thank you so much. It. Cheers. Thank you.